Hi, hello, this is Steve. Hey, how's it going, Tommy? Hey, this is Tommy. Oh, yeah, this is Tommy, bro. Just want to let you know this video is going to be recorded and potentially uploaded to the Axe Tommy Breshin channel, okay? Perfectly fine with me, man. All right, brother. So how can I help you? Um, well, I have a I have a pretty good question. So I live in California right now, and uh, I'm actually older than you, so I'm 29, and I'm trying to figure out like when would be the best time to buy a home. Um, mm -hmm. But just housing prices are ridiculous. And one thing I know that you're doing is I know you're moving and you're going to Florida eventually to get a house, right? Mm -hmm. um, to live there at a little cheaper rent. I know mm -hmm. one of the things that I I would like to do that, but I think for me I'm I'm I really want to stay close to my parents, and they live in California right now. So I'm trying to figure out a way of what is the best thing I can do? Because right mm -hmm. now what I'm thinking of is there are like first time buyers programs mm -hmm. that can go up to like 800,000. Like they can like, I think 17% they get put down and then I'll put the 3%. So I was thinking that might be an option mm -hmm. as, as I uh, get more and more uh, money. And then I could put a little bit more instead of the, instead of the 3%. So I'm wondering mm -hmm. your, your ideas of that. And then, on top of that, this is probably maybe a separate issue of just what type of books would you recommend an investor? All right. Okay, so let's handle the, the, the first issue, which is basically, Tommy, my name is Steve. You say you live in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah. Okay. Houses are very expensive here, and I want to stay here because I also want to be close to my parents, right? Sound right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so let me ask you a question real quick. What's your income? Right now, I'm making like 60000 so I'm planning, actually, I'm getting a paralegal certificate, so I'm hoping to increase that income in the next year or so. Okay. All right. So, let's, let's, let's do the math based on your current income and your current situation. The answer would be, when it comes to buying real estate, I follow the 33% rule, which basically means I don't buy a property that's basically more than 33% of my monthly income. So, for example... It has to be less than 30% of your income. Basically, meaning, for example, your mortgage, insurance, taxes, maintenance, even an HOA fee, everything included cannot be more than 33% of your monthly income. On top of that, I recommend anywhere from a 10 to 20% down payment. And I also recommend you get it on a 15-year mortgage. Now, the problem with this plan is that where you live in Silicon Valley, it's going to be very, very difficult to buy a home with that math. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what would I do in that case? I would have to go online and look up, for example, a rent versus buy calculator, right? Okay. And that will tell me exactly at what point does buying become cheaper than renting. In your case, like what would, what would you say is like the average um, house price in your area right now where you live? Yeah, my area specifically, I live in like a, I know you did this grade of like, a through i think df i live in like a c zone but even here in the c zone i think the lowest i've seen it probably 550 600,000 yes look at that so it's probably going to be just doing some quick math in my head probably going to be between 5 to 8 maybe 11 years until basically buying a home becomes a lot more better so my advice right now would be if i want to stay here for a while i would just rent for now and just basically save a ton of money, save a ton of money, save a ton of money. And when I have enough money to buy a home, if my income is there and I can follow those rules and buy a house in that area, that's fine. I can buy it. But for right now, it sounds like, by the way, what job do you have right now? Like, what do you do? Oh, so right now I'm actually, I work at a nonprofit law firm. Um, law and firm. I do like contracts and deliverables. So we get, obviously we do nonprofit. So we have to report back to our funders and I kind of create the reports through Excel and they just gather and then. Yeah, give the reports back so that we can continue getting funding. And you can do that 
through anywhere? You can do that in Florida. You can do that anywhere. Uh, so right now, uh, right now we because of COVID, we've actually been remote. So yeah, right now I'm I'm, I'm at home. I can do it remotely. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm hoping in the future um, that I will be able to do this remotely and hopefully mm -hmm. like yeah move somewhere that's cheaper for a little bit and save more money. And do they have any locations, for example, in Florida or anything like that, or it's the only no, one location no. to have? No, it's only the it's only the location here in uh, Santa Clara County. It's only one location. Yeah. Okay, but have you looked up jobs in Florida? within your field no i haven't yet yeah so that's why i'm i'm getting the paralegal certificate so that i can mm -hmm. be i can get a paralegal and then once i get that then i'll be able to have a little bit more i guess uh freedom of where i could go in different mm -hmm. jobs because it just opens up with corporate law firms family mm -hmm. law different the county and mm -hmm. then hopefully that will also increase my income as well and do you live with your parents right now or are you by yourself yeah 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 i live with my folks right now because it's just so expensive here yeah I mean, how how much do they charge you to stay there? Like nothing, or 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 something? No, I pay. I pay. Yeah, they charge me a little bit. I, they don't really charge me anything. I just give them money, just because I think it's just like a like a. I live. I'm Mexican, so it's like a Mexican household. So I yeah. clean up. I buy stuff over time. You know, just doing things. So yeah, like I pay most some bills, and then I give them some rent. But for more often than not, I'm pretty much saving. So I'm, I started investing actually once COVID started. And actually, watching your channel in the beginning of COVID. I've been mm -hmm. investing pretty heavily right now, and I have, I think, about $30,000 that I've invested so far, and mm -hmm. I'm hoping to increase that, and then hopefully my net worth, I'm trying to get to by the end of this year, maybe like 100000 I'm like at fifty right now, mm -hmm. so hopefully I can get it up to like 100000 Okay. So, so, just to, so just to summarize what I, what I said prior, right, before we get to the investment part here, if you're going to mm -hmm. follow the 33% rule on a 15-year mortgage, no more than like 30% um, of your income you spend on it, you can only spend $1,650 when it comes to a house. That's all you can spend, literally. Okay. Now, in buying a house in your area is going to be more difficult. So again, you want to use a rent versus buy calculator to figure out exactly if renting or staying in your, in your mom's house because that's a lot cheaper obviously you can just be like hey i'm gonna stay here a while longer save up a ton of money that way when i do buy a home i'm actually ready to actually buy it now before we move on to investing i do want to ask you do you have any debt right now no no fortunately i, I went to school and <laughs> i was uh, i went to school in la ucla and i lived in a one bedroom one bath with four other yeah. people and my rent was like 200 dollars a month mm -hmm. and i was able to pay that off and i and because my parents didn't make I think over a hundred thousand dollars or eighty thousand yeah. dollars. I was able to get school for free, so I was able to not come with any debt and credit card debt. I, I don't have any, and if I do, I pay it all the full balance every. That's every awesome. Time that's awesome. Yeah. Congrats, bro. That's, that's awesome. A lot of people don't do that. Yeah, so, yeah, I, and and I know I know you have a little hesitation with credit cards and all using them as as like debit cards, but I'm pretty mm -hmm. I'm like trying to be super diligent with it. I'm like, nah, I, if I don't need this, I'm not gonna buy it. I'm only gonna buy necessities and obviously yeah. some here and there i'll you know eat out yeah i mean you can have fun bro because you you make a lot of money you know there's no problem with that the, the, the problem with well um, with credit cards is basically you're trying to follow like for example i can get more points i can do this but usually you're going to be overspending around 18 percent. that's why i don't use them the only way i use a credit card is basically i put a small bill on all my credit cards and i pay them in full each month that way i build my credit score up but that's about it. There's no like me going into debt. There's no risk whatsoever when it comes to that stuff. That's the only way I say, all right, get a credit card and you're good to go. Okay, okay. All right, now as far as, so because you are debt free, you can start investing, but do you have, for example, an emergency fund right now? An emergency fund? 
Yeah, so I'm 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 planning to get that emergency fund up to 10, uh, 20 grand right now. I have it about 11 grand, so hopefully by the end of this year because I'm investing $125 every week, by the time at the end of next year I'll be closer to like 16,000 I believe, so I'll I'll mm-hmm. be close to that goal by the end of this year. I mean, if if you have a monthly income of around $5,000 and you're investing 125, what are you doing with the rest of your money? So Oh, I'm investing a lot. So I got I got multiple investors. I'm investing in I, one year M1 Finance. I have that portfolio mm-hmm. that I'm investing. I think a hundred dollars every week, mm-hmm. and then I have a index fund. Actually, I have a VTSAX uh, from Vanguard, and I'm investing two hundred dollars every week with that. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, also yeah the, the high yield and savings account. I'm investing hundred twenty five on that. A high yield what you have? have a high yield and savings account. And you're 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 saving money into that you're you're saying? Yeah 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 yeah. I'm putting the that's where my uh, emergency fund. Okay, awesome. Emergency fund is yeah yeah. That so that's going one twenty five, and then I have uh yeah that's I think that's about it. And then the rest is just staying in my checking account just for like bills and things that I'm paying over time. Yeah. So it sounds like to me, if it sounds you're doing like more passive investments, right? You're not you are you like are you picking stocks right now or no? No, 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 definitely not picking stuff. So that's actually one of the things I kind of wanted to ask you as well. Like, what books would you recommend? What things? Because mm-hmm. I would eventually want to do that. I think that's right. You're being more aggressive a little bit. And I, and I want to take a little bit of risk, but obviously you try to mitigate that as much as possible. Okay. So the books I recommend when it comes to investing, the first one is called The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. And the second one okay. is called Security and Analysis by Benjamin Graham and David Dodd. Okay. And there's also like a fun one called One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch. Oh, yeah, I do remember reading about that. And I think you mentioned that a few times mm-hmm. already in some of your videos. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a great book. But as far as like what you're doing right now, bro, um, the index fund portfolio you have, is that for retirement or is it basically just in a, in a normal brokerage account? Uh, so I actually, oh, I forgot to mention this as well. So, yeah, so the index fund where I'm doing VTSAX, it's a normal brokerage account. So I have about there, I think it's uh, 10, 10, 11,000 in there. Mm-hmm. But I also have through my, uh, because of my work, I do have a 401k that um, luckily I've been putting in money just when I first started. I think this is something that I, once I graduated, I was like, oh, retirement fund, how much you want to put? I was like, all right, I'll just put like 10%. And I increased that to 15%. That's mm-hmm. actually grown uh, up to, I think right now it's about 18,000. 18,000 okay. in the 401k. So I'm hopeful that once I leave that job, I'll change it to to Vanguard in a traditional IRA and then convert mm-hmm. that to a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. So so step by step, here's what I would do here, right? Because I just follow like my whole plan of freedom steps. I'm making a course on that, by the way. It's not going to come out for a while. But overall, the first step is going to be getting out of debt. Thankfully, you're not into debt, right? You don't have any debt whatsoever. The second step yeah, is going to yeah. be building a foundation and starting investing. The good thing is basically, if you have right now 11K for your entire like um, emergency account, you might need, for example, an extra like 4K to make it 15K, and you should be good for at least like six months or so on. Because right now you live with your parents, you're not spending that much money at all, like whatsoever, so that's awesome. But on top of that, as far as your investments, the way I would do it is basically, first of all, I would max out the basically the match to give me my company. So if you have like a 401k account and they give you, for example, a match, I'd probably get a Roth 401k if they offer that, which is awesome. That way it's like tax-free money being invested and you'll be good. So once mm-hmm. I get the maximum match of my company, I would then move on with the extra money I have, right? And I would put that towards, hey, let me max out my Roth IRA. That's another $6,000. 
any money left over, I would put that, for example, into my normal brokerage account, following, for example, my index fund portfolio or, for example, my ETF portfolio. However, though, you have to keep in mind, right? You live with your parents now, but the goal is eventually you probably want to buy a house. And as far as, for example, Tommy, I live with my parents, but I want to be next to them. And by the way, that's usually like a cultural thing. I feel the same with my mom and my dad. Unless, well, not my dad anymore because he's not, here, not around anymore. But the idea is that you'll be able to visit your, your mom and your dad like uh, as much as possible if you are going to become financially free, right? But at some point, you're going to have to leave the nest, right? Because at some point, yeah. you're going to start like your own family. You're going to have your wife, your kids, and that's going to become your priority. And you can always, for example, visit your parents maybe three times, four times a year, however you want to do it. They'll always be there. But I'm pretty sure what they will want for you is the best because at some point, they're not going to be here and they want to make sure, hey, um, Steve is your name, right? Yeah. Yeah, and some of them want to be like, you know, Steve is going to be just fine without us no matter what. So my advice would be, like, get, for example, to your um, um, emergency account. So try to get that out like as fast as possible. And then start investing, for example, just 10% of your income. That's it, just 10% of your income. And then focus the rest of your money, well, a lot more of your money, just towards saving up for the down payment for a home. Now, I have to pick, for example, am I going to do this in, in Silicon Valley? Very hard, very tough to do with, with, the, with the entire budget I gave you. Or do I potentially want to start investing my money into maybe another career or whatever so I can move, for example, to another state that's cheaper or, for example, another area in California that might be a little further, but that was also a lot cheaper. It's all how you want to do it, right? So once you buy this home, the idea is if you buy this home and you buy it with the same equation, 15 per, like 15-year 15 down payments, um, you put in down like um, 20%. Or 10%, depending on how much money you actually have. You can afford a 20% down payment. If you're buying, for example, a $300,000 house, it's like around $60,000, I think. But if you do that mm -hmm. and you invest in 10% and your emergency fund is fully funded, you should have some extra money to put towards the mortgage, even more money. So instead of taking 15 years, it should only take you between 8 to 12 years. That way, you own that house as fast as possible, and that's yours. Now, my name is Steve, right? I, I've been investing for a long time. My emergency fund is fully funded. My house is paid off. And now all I have is a bunch of free money, like free cash flow to do whatever I want with it, invest more, save more, give it to my family, give it to charity, whatever I want to do. But in six to eight years or, or 10 years, you'll be fully financially free. And the way to do that is you have to limit your investments right now, consider buying a home. And when you do that, you lower your expenses by a lot. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. And and uh, one one last question, I guess. What would you what would you say compared to the fifty and like the thirty year mortgage loan, right? That you're getting, could you mm -hmm. follow the same steps to the the thirty that you would in the fifteen, or why would you choose say a fifteen over a thirty? The reason I would choose a fifteen year mortgage over a thirty year mortgage because basically, all right, <laughs> listen to this, right? If I gave you the option to pay a thousand dollars a month. And then the, the trick is, if you pay extra money, you finish faster, right? But if something goes wrong in your life, so for example, you start a family, now you have some kids or whatever it is, and something goes wrong, your car breaks down, maybe you break a leg and you're unemployed and you can't make those payments, what's gonna happen? You just make the minimum, right? That's all you're gonna do. Mm -hmm. The point is, once you do, for example, the 15 year mortgage, it'll only give you the option to pay that much money. So even if you, for example, can't pay extra towards it, you're still gonna finish in 15 years. What I don't want is to give you an out, right? And before you know it, you start basically saying, oh, I'm just gonna pay this and pay slower. I'm saving money in, in taxes and all that stuff. And on top of that, you save a ton, of more, a ton more money when it comes to the interest you're actually paying the bank. 
Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Kind of, you're uh, giving yourself you're giving yourself an out when you're doing a thirty year mortgage, and yeah, you can get lazy over time. Exactly. And by the way, if if, say for, if you do follow the rule and you're very exceptional, you do all this stuff, it's fine, right? But you don't need to follow the rule if you're going to follow base. If you say like 33% of my income, I can do that. That's fine. You're able to afford that no matter what because it's only like a third of your income. It's not like, oh, this home is going to be half my money. If I lose my job, I, I don't have anything. No, that's why you give yourself a six-month emergency fund to take care of yourself. So if you do lose your job, you say, hey, I can pay this mortgage for the next six months and find another job. So you don't need to put on a 30 year mortgage. Got it. Okay. That makes that, sense. That makes sense. That's the idea. You have any more questions, bro? You, you still have some time. Oh yeah, yeah. Um ooh, what would be a good one? Um oh so congratulations on your engagement, by the way. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Oh, oh, I wanted to talk to you. Maybe maybe this is me just we're just talking now. Um yeah, I know you're working out, I know you're trying to get in shape, right? One thing mm -hmm. I would recommend, I don't know, I, I sent you in DMs, obviously you get a ton of DMs and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, I would highly recommend jump ropes, man jump ropes uh, I, I bought these yeah i brought these cross rope jump ropes and i've been in the weight room i i, I played football in, in high school and then in college i kind of got overweight just eating and studying all the time yeah and then eventually coming back i was like trying to get into the gym going to 24 hour fitness and i liked it but then obviously once covid hit it kind of shut down and i was trying to figure out new ways to do it so mm -hmm. one of the ways that i did was uh cross rope jump ropes and it's a full body exercise and it's great on cardio you lose you burning a ton of calories in a short mm -hmm. amount of time and for me it's efficiency right mm -hmm. i want to burn as much as much calories as, as in a short amount of time and mm -hmm. on, honestly i've been losing a ton i think i'm down like 20 pounds already so i would highly recommend it if you're thinking of adding some cardio because i hate running personally i've never yeah. been into running <laughs> yeah. I hate, I, i'm like i don't know these runner highs i get tired high I'm, <laughs> I don't, I'm just i'm exhausted man i ain't gonna run this so for me personally, I'm like, I, I need to find something to be super efficient. And I'm still going to yeah. weight train over time once I like burn some more weight or take mm -hmm. out more weight. Cross ropes, honestly, highly recommend it, Tommy, if you're ever interested in it. Yeah, I, I used to do cross rope, but then I'm just doing like the elliptical right now. But I'll probably get back into it like because I usually do like maybe three months of like one cardio exercise and then I'll shift to like another one not to get some repetitive. But right, let me ask you a question right now, right? Because, you know, there's four pillars to life, right? You have health, wealth, love. Yeah. And, and happiness, right? And it sounds like you have like the, the wealth part, like right there, right? Because you already have a plan, you know what to do. But as far as health, you're like working out and so on. What about like, you know, you live with your parents. Are you, do you have a girlfriend right now? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I do have a girlfriend right now. Um, yeah, we, she's actually, we've been through this financial journey right now, trying to figure things out. And we're both, we're both kind of in the same situation. Mm -hmm. We both eventually want to go to law school and be an attorney. We know that that's a shit ton of debt. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to say the S word. But yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's a ton of debt. Um, eventually, we're going to do it. But we're both, yeah, we're both figuring things out. I think one of the things with COVID that that, that has been a bit beneficial, even though there's been a ton of horrible things with it, is that mm -hmm. kind of gets your finances together and lets you look at your finances, your life in a perspective and just try to make it better. I know there's everybody's been dealing with this differently, and mm -hmm. I've been fortunate enough to be able to come out the end a little bit better. When do you want to go to law school? I want to do that probably in like five, ten years. Definitely not now. I think with COVID, well, I definitely want this to end because, right, I, I don't want to be paying $100,000 and be doing law school through a computer. Mm -hmm. That's not beneficial at all. So for me, I'm hoping to do that in like, yeah, in the five, maybe ten years. But one of the biggest things I want to do is like I want to make sure that I don't want to be in that $100,000 debt. So I'm yeah. trying to figure out a way where maybe I'm a paralegal and I go to law school part-time while still working full-time and then pay off that over time quicker. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so that's hopefully my goal. But then also I kind of want also a place to my own. I, I kind of want to be able to own something. Yeah. Um, but and also be able to help my parents out as well when when my dad's retiring because he's close to retiring. He's like 64 right now, so yeah, yeah he's going to retire very soon. And I want him to enjoy his life as well. I mean, how how do your parents feel about like? I mean, not your parents. Like, how does your your um your girlfriend feel about living in Florida, or like well, living in any other state? You know, I don't know honestly. We haven't really discussed that too much. I think, I think um, we're both in the same position. I think coming into like a cultural household, right? We always want to be close to our parents. We always want to mm -hmm. be close because I think uh, her similar to me. We both kind of take care of our parents. I have an older brother as well. He has his own house, though. He got. He got, was really fortunate, actually, when, I think it was 2008 or something, when mm -hmm. the housing market crashed, I think. Mm -hmm. He was mm -hmm. able to buy a house, and he bought it way under market value. Now it's like three, four times the value here. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, yeah, I don't know about moving. I don't know. I like California too much. I'm too spoiled over here, I will say. I that. mean, I mean nice if, if, you, if, you do like, if you do like what you, where you live, there's no problem with that. Just make sure the math makes sense when you buy a home, right? That's, that's all it is. The equation works, for example, if you're in Florida... Or if you're, for example, in California. And by the way, there's areas in California that are a lot more cheaper than where you probably want to live, right? If the commute is like an hour away from your parents, that's something to consider, right? So it's all up to you on how you want to do it. And if you have, for example, I, I wouldn't make plans with my girlfriend, like when it comes like to financially, like unless like we're married, like, okay, we're going to buy a house together, like, oh, uh, that's fine, right? But if you guys are actually going to get married and all that stuff, then you can say, okay, go ahead. If you make this much money, I make this much money. We can follow this rule, the 33% rule. We can buy a home that's actually pretty pretty affordable. And we can live right next to our parents. It'll be perfect. It'll be great. We can pay it off fast. If It's a lot faster when you're working with someone, right? Because not just by yourself. Yeah, because then you kind of get this like lonely feeling, right? You're just kind of like putting your head down and kind of grinding and not until you see kind of the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah, I mean, there, that's why you have four pillars, right? It's um, it's health, wealth, love, and happiness, and you don't rush any of them, right? I'm not telling you go marry a person that doesn't make sense financially, <laughs> right? <laughs> or like in any other other, other circumstance. It makes sure that, that you and this girl agree on four things, which is basically your in-laws, how you're going to treat like people in your family, um, kids, money, and also religion. If you guys agree on all the four of those things, and you say, okay, we, 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 want, we want to get married, and this makes sense, and it's perfect. But if you do have to buy your own house for yourself and rely on yourself, that's fine too. You don't want to. You don't want to just rush into anything, whether like financially, investment-wise, or anything out there. Yeah, yeah, and actually, one of the things that I've been uh, realizing uh, since kind of like COVID started and me getting back in shape where I was, mm -hmm. I've been realizing the correlations between health and financial independence because mm -hmm. I've been right eating a lot healthier, making my own foods at home. I'm mm -hmm. saving a ton more money that then I can yeah. go invest, right? So there's just a huge correlation between health and fitness and like eating right and mm -hmm. saving and investing at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the whole point is if you like jumping rope at home, that's fine too. But if you want to go to the gym and because the, the one thing I, I never liked about just like doing cardio is that when you do lose all the weight, you don't really have any muscle at all, like really that much. But I, I do mm -hmm. like building a lot of muscle. But if you if, if that's what you want to do, like just um, jump rope and stuff, as long as you're doing something to stay healthy and you're eating healthy, that's all I care about, you know? That's all you should care about, too. Like, just staying in, like, um, in a healthy like stand standpoint. Oh, yeah, yeah. And actually, I got fortunate, too, with my brother because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he has a house, and mm -hmm. he doesn't live too far from where um, my parents live and we live. Um, so I walked there, and we actually created a home gym there. We, like, put in the money, built it. We have a squat rack. We have dumbbells. We have a bench, incline, decline. So we have basically all the essentials that we need. So whenever I kind of like losing more weight and then I'm like, all right, I think I'm fine here. I can go over mm -hmm. there and start building back up muscle over time. 
And, and by the way, the, does your girlfriend work too? Or is just she you does. working? She does, yeah, yeah. She's a paralegal, yeah. Oh, so how, how much do you, does she earn? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't know. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think I asked her now. How long have you guys been together? Uh, been together not too long, actually. It's probably been a, a few months. We've been friends before. Oh. We kind of made it official, yeah. Okay. Made it official not too long. So we've been friends and talking for a little bit. And, yeah, we just made it official not too long ago. Okay. okay. So that's why you don't really know all, all these things at all. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Y- yeah. Yeah. I mean, so just start having, I, I mean, a great book. One, well, I'll give you two books here, right? A great book on when it comes to going to college that free. <laughs> It's called Debt-Free Degree by Anthony O'Neill. He has a great book on it. And then mm-hmm. you'll have another book when it comes to relationships and questions to ask that person. It's called Before You Save the Date, um, 21 Questions to Help You um, Marry with Confidence by Dr. Paul Friesen. And that book right there will also help you when it comes to, for example, like, hey, what questions do I want to go through with this girlfriend that's been my friend for a very long time? Because, by the way, the shift is very, it's a very big shift going from, like, a, a friendship relationship to like a, a, a couple and potentially marriage relationship, right? So it's questions you gotta ask her and things she has to know about you also, just to be on the same point. Yeah, thanks, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. And I, one last thing, I guess, before I let you go also, uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you if you were this, but did, did you figure out your credit score of your girlfriend before you like made everything? No. I know that was the thing. I remember reading an article of like people marrying and then realizing that you know the other person your partner has like a horrible credit score and then just ruins your like perfect credit score i mean that's actually a funny question but when i when i first got together with my with my girlfriend i think it was uh, well when was that it was like five years ago or something like that i didn't know anything about her financial situation and i didn't really care about finances either back then you know i was just looking at her like you know what I'm saying like oh she's cute you know what I'm saying so i wasn't really worried, i wasn't really worried about like no credit score or anything like that but um does it matter? The answer is yes and no. You know, people, the thing about credit score is all about service and debt. So if your girlfriend was young once, like everyone is, and she made some mistakes, that's fine. Nobody cares. Because either way, when it comes to buying a home, they can do manual underwriting and just basically give you a mortgage based on that. Does the credit score matter? It matters basically you have a money talk. How do you guys treat money? Who's a spender? Who's a saver? How are you going to invest? How are you going to basically spend this money? That's what matters the most, okay? And treating the money as one. Not now, because you guys are not married, right? You have no, like, legal, like, legal uphold on this. But the <laughs> point, you don't want to mix your money with hers at all. But when you guys are married, just, like, be on the same page. Well, before you get married, be on the same page on money, right? So you want to say, like, hey, here's how I treat money. Here's what I want to follow. How do you feel about this? You know, because... She could be like a complete spender, doesn't care about money, just wants to have fun, do whatever she want to do. So you got to make sure she, she's on the same page with you with everything. Again, that's going to be money, um, in-laws, religion, and also what's the last one? Money, religion, in-laws, and I forgot the last one. Yeah. You'll, you'll put it up there. You'll put it up there. Just yeah. when you remember. I said it before, man. I said it before, and I just like completely, like, I just lost it. Money. Oh, money, in-law. Yeah, it's money, in-laws, kids, and, and religion. Those are the, the four things you want to agree on. So how are we going to treat these kids? How are we going to deal with crazy people in our family? What about the money? How are we going to treat it? And all that stuff. That's basically what you want to worry about. Like, those four main parts. All right. Yeah, and, and Tommy, if you're ever if you ever in California and need some good hiking, let me know. I actually just started a YouTube channel with hiking. That's my What's your channel? Shout it out. Shout it out. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Hernandez. Uh, it's just my name, Steve Hernandez, and my mm-hmm. Instagram, Steve.HernandezSJ. I post, like, every week, once a week, because I'm going to work. I do mm-hmm. like, my school paralegal, and then, yeah, I just kind of uh, do, like, four to six-hour hikes. 
Mm-hmm. It's really nice here in California. We're spoiled. Six say. hour hikes? Hey man, they're they're gorgeous. They're worth it. I'm telling you. I'm not. They're I'm not hiking with you, man. You're gonna kill me, man. You crazy? Six hours. <laughs> hey, you're. Hey, Tommy, you're in shape, man. I see. I see you. I see you doing incline branch 135. I see you. Yeah. That's just weights. We're talking about six hour hikes. Oh my. But yeah, man. Hey, listen, man. What? I'll, I'll give I'm you one last advice. Worth they're worth it. One last advice before I go here, bro. Um, when it comes to having a passion, not every passion you have has to make you money, okay? If you have a lot of fun with a YouTube channel, just keep making videos, okay? Just have fun with what you're doing. Like, I can tell you're very happy about it. Like, you like the whole thing. Just keep making videos about that stuff. If you really like it, have fun with it. It doesn't have to make you money, but just keep documenting. You already make money, for example, from your main job, when you become a lawyer or whatever you want to do. You're going to do, do great no matter what, bro. So just make sure you have like an activity that actually just gets you like fun. It doesn't have to make you money. You don't have to monetize it in any way. But if it does, awesome. Yeah. If it doesn't, you're still good. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, one of the things, actually, the reason why I started hiking is because it, it just brings a mental clarity towards me. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I didn't have when COVID started, right? Being Being at home all day. Kind mm-hmm. of with your own thoughts, it could be it could be very daunting, right? Yeah, Dealing it is with all daunting. That situation. So once I started hiking, and I was never a hiker, honestly. Like coming in a Latino household, Hispanic household, we don't hike. Not <laughs> that is we weird. Do. That we, is weird. <laughs> we, we walk to go get a torta. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let me do this like hiking thing. Like, what is this? And over time, I just grew to enjoy it and love it. And some of the things I've seen. Like, they're just gorgeous, and it just gives you kind of like a zen and some of the issues and problems that you're dealing with. They just yep. kind of get resolved in your mind. Do you hike with a GPS on you? Yeah, yeah. So if you ever want to hike, I recommend All Trails app. Highly, highly recommend it. It's, there's a paid version. I don't really recommend doing the paid version. You can do it for free. You know, do it for free. But they're free, yeah. they're great hikes, and they, 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 they just runs in your background, even when you're losing signal. So all the hikes that I've done, I don't have mm-hmm. any service, but I have that in the background. But, I mean, do you have, like, a GPS? So, like, if you get lost, it can track you. Oh, I have. Uh, I just have an Apple Watch, so I have that fall detection. So if I fall, I'm good. You know. Okay. SOS. SOS. My brother and my girlfriend. So I'll be okay. Fine. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right, brother. Well, this call was fun. If you have any more questions, you can always schedule another call and have fun, bro. I appreciate the All call. Right, thanks, man. You too. Have a take care, man. All right. Peace out, Steve. Adios. Adios. All right, guys. So that right there was Steve. And by the way. 29 years old, staying at home. It's like a cultural thing, you know? I'm 24, staying at home also, it's fine. And by the way, makes a lot of money, is on to another career, and to me, it sounds awesome. All he needs is basically an emergency fund, he's working on that, and to consider, hey, what am I gonna do in the future? Do I wanna stay in California? And by the way, there's nothing wrong buying a home in an expensive area, okay? Charlie Munger lives in California, will never move. Warren Buffett lives in Omaha, Nebraska, will never move. They don't really care about, oh my God, so expensive here. No, if you can afford it and do things correctly, everything is gonna be fine. But what you don't wanna do is break the rules to your rules in order to fit into something that you just don't fit in just yet. So it might take longer to save the money you need, but it is gonna be worth it if you do it the right way, Steve. And overall, I like that conversation a lot. I had a lot of fun. And it sounds like someone that knows exactly what they wanna do. I'm not out here picking stocks, but before I do that, I want to learn exactly how to do it. So, yeah. And by the way, I spaced out and the whole, like, uh, marriage thing. But it's usually money, in-laws, 
I'm spacing out again. I forgot all two of them. Money, in-laws, kids, and also religion. Those are the four things you want to worry about when it comes to getting married and so on. You also have four pillars to life. You have health, wealth, love, and happiness. And four walls to a budget, you have groceries, well, basically food, transportation, also shelter, and lastly, utilities. Everything has like, like four rules to it. I don't know why it just works that way. Guys, 